Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Japan, the show that brings you the most trending news stories and cultural insights from Japan. Today is September 17th, and we're coming to you straight from Akasaka, Tokyo. I'm your host, Julian Domanski, and joining me, as always, is my co host and founder of Japan Insider, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey, guys, welcome back. So, Julian, you remember that I introduced to you a new Japanese English word called fragu. Fragu, yeah. Shibo fragu. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Some of those. Iki fragu? Seizon fragu. Seizon fragu. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Or flag crusher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there's a lady called uh, Desiree from Australia who left a comment on our Facebook page. Mm. Yeah, I mean, our Facebook page is still new, but uh, probably this was one of.、Uh, One of the first comments that we got. Yes, so there, thanks for the comment. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. And she said that the Japanese furagu is,、uh, or flag, is equivalent to the word trope in English.、Mm. What, what do you think?、Uh, yeah, I saw the comment.、Um, I kind of disagree a little bit, but I can、mm. maybe understand how it might have got mixed up. The way, the way I see a trope is like,、uh, you know, just, just like something you might expect from a certain type. Or, certain genre of movie, for example, or TV、mm. show. So, like, you know, like a, a mad scientist in a horror movie. Right, or, right. Or, I, I don't know, like Once Upon a Time in a fairy tale, you know,、mm, kind of thing. Wise old man. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah.、Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I guess the difference is that tropes usually refer to something a lot broader.、Mm. Uh, so, you know,、uh, things like you mentioned,、mm. mad scientist or, you know, girl next door. Or,、yeah. <laughs> you know, very typical、uh, settings、mm. or uh, motifs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but flag or furagu refers to a recurrent storyline、mm. or a plot in specific.、Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I agree that、uh, furagu or flag can be considered one type of,、uh, one type of trope. Yeah, that's, that's the way I kind of felt about it as well.、Mm. So,、um, I think what are some of the examples we gave last week, you know, like horror movie when someone says, like, I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. So, the, the, the flag element is like when someone says that, it's kind of telling you that guy's going to die.、Mm. But that line is used so much that it's also <laughs> a bit of a trope or a、yeah. cliche, you know? So,、yeah. some flags can be tropes. Yeah. But they're not actually the same thing. Maybe、mm. that, that's the kind of the point I was trying to make. I see.、Yeah. I see. <laughs> but the way I see it is that, You know, such flag、mm. can be seen as, as a trope itself、mm. because、uh, that kind of flag can be seen like so often in various like movies or dramas. Oh, you mean like the, the concept of a flag、yeah. is a trope? Yeah, so that, that was the way I, I saw it. Yeah, oh, okay, it's interesting.、Uh, yeah, so Desiree, if you're listening,、uh, hopefully we've understood your comment correctly.、Um, mm. But、uh, yeah, I think, yeah, flags can be types of tropes, but not necessarily like it is a trope. Yeah, it not, d- d- depending on the way you look、mm-hmm, at it. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would say maybe it's not the exact same thing.、Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are、uh, lots of like overlaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was waiting for the clarification from you because I only learned the word last week.、Mm. So I don't want to you know, proclaim to be the,、uh, the expert of flags. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. Because, flag master.、Uh, I'm, I'm familiar <laughs> with、uh, the word flag.、Mm. But、uh, to be honest, like, I wasn't sure what the, the word trope means. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, so I was waiting for your clarification this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. there we, we, we can help each other out. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, thanks so much, Desiree, for commenting.、Uh, we appreciate more comments like that.、Uh, if you haven't checked out our Facebook page,、uh, just search for This Week in Japan in the search bar. 
Or yeah, you can go to the URL, which is facebook.com slash this week in Japan. Yeah, that should be it. All right. So uh, Yasu, what's your uh, story pick for the week? Yeah. So the thing is that I was planning to talk about the new story uh, about the popular anime Kimetsu no Yaiba or Demon Slayer. As we've talked about many times on the show. Many, many times, right? <laughs> uh, but it came back to TV just last weekend. Oh, okay. And, you know, it's got like super high... TV ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that were some news article I saw online. Mm-hmm. But um, I noticed later that the ones that were broadcasted last weekend weren't the sequel or the season two, uh, so to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a recap episode that's highlighting, you know, all the best scenes from season one. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah so it wasn't like anything really new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the story wasn't as elaborate. As I hoped. <laughs> I saw that they were going to play, um, what's it called? Mugen Lesha, mm. the movie. Mm. They were going to play that on like Fuji TV, but I still haven't watched any of the shows. <laughs> oh, you, okay. Yeah, okay. I've, I've no reason to watch the movie because it comes after the first season, right? Mm. So I should watch that first. Mm. I'll, I'll get around to it at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it's time, right? So, um, yeah, because I remember that news because the movie only came out last year, right? Mm. And usually for any movie to be broadcasted on, uh, at least on the Japanese TV station, mm. it takes usually, I don't know, a couple of years or mm. a few years. But this time it has just come to TV so early. Mm. Yeah, that fact also uh, indicates how popular the movie and the series is. Yes, obviously you say it's uh, you know popular. And we, we talked about all the records being broken before um but usually with these things where like movies come to tv like you say it's usually about two years right yeah but i guess from the point of view of fuji tv owns the rights to uh the show i believe Mm -hmm. so i can imagine from their point of view you know if they just show it on tv once in Mm. its entirety Mm. the amount of buzz that brings for the new season Mm. it's just like promotion like free promotion basically right because they own the station and they just like okay we'll put it in that slot Mm. Everyone that's seen the movie at the cinema has probably seen it like 10 times already. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, it, it broke the record for like highest grossing anime movie of all time, right? Yeah. So like, if they even if they lost like a million dollars of, you know, potential sales mm. of people that would, you know, they could buy a ticket, but they're just seeing it on TV instead. Mm. They just don't care, right? You know, yeah, it's just going to, and it's going to build buzz. And I mm. guess that's why, you know, they, like you say, they're showing the recap for season one and the movie. And then yeah, season two will be starting very, very soon. So mm. I'm sure they're just, you know, they're hoping, got their fingers crossed that the franchise will just keep. I mean, obviously they want it to get better, but at least mm. keep the momentum that it has. Already. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, I just checked the numbers, you know, just before we start recording. And the Kimetsu no Yaiba, the movie mm. last year, uh, was the second highest grossing uh, movie from all genres worldwide. Oh, okay. Oh, year. worldwide. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it made more than 450 million US dollars. Oh, yeah. I know it was like highest grossing in Japan in 2020. Mm. Yeah, but worldwide. The second highest. Oh, well, and not just for anime movie, but like all. Everything, yeah. yeah. What, was, what was first? That, that's a good question. And uh, yeah, I'm just checking it now. But the first one is called The 800. Mm. Do you know? I've never heard of it, no. So the summary says in 1937, 800 Chinese soldiers fought under siege from a warehouse in the middle of the Shanghai battlefield, completely surrounded by the Japanese army. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a World War 
Two movie, or and I guess kind of pre World War Two, pre World War Two, maybe but between yeah. like the Japanese invasion of China. Mm. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so I'll keep the Kimetsu story for uh, this week. Mm. You know, maybe we can talk about it in a few weeks' time. Oh, okay. Because yeah. it's said that they will make the further announcement about the season two uh, next weekend. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, which story did you pick from this week? So mine was something uh, I don't think we've ever spoke about before, um, but it's the the increasing global popularity of matcha, which has led to a ramp up in domestic production. The growing popularity of matcha-infused sweets and beverages sold at cafes and pastry shops in Japan is triggering fierce competition amongst green tea producers in their own backyard. Growers of Tencha, the green tea leaves grown in particular conditions and processed into the finely ground tea powder used to flavor matcha lattes and an assortment of Japanese confectionery, have intensified production to try to keep up with recent demand. According to tea wholesaler Hideki Kuwabara, matcha can compete with milk and cream because of its deep and bitter taste and so is in strong demand at pastry and confectionery shops. Prefectures such as Kagoshima and Shizuoka, which have traditionally mass-produced varieties of tea leaves for Japan's most popular green tea called Sencha, have expanded their production, whilst growers in Kyoto, famous for its matcha Uji tea brand, are distributing new matcha varieties more widely. According to the Kyoto Prefectural Government, the increase in supply has resulted in the price of Tencha being reduced by half. Although the Made in Uji label has always been highly valued by makers of matcha-infused sweets and beverages, the domestic matcha label is now also accepted due to the increased availability of inexpensive tea leaves. Kuwabara-san also noted that mass production of matcha has recently begun in China, leading to cases of inexpensive and inferior quality tincture, where products were merely made by pulverizing green tea leaves. It's now important that a clear international definition of matcha be decided upon. Yes, I don't know about you, Yasu, but um, mm. it seems like everywhere you go nowadays, like there's matcha flavored everything, you know, like mochi and cakes and sweets. <laughs> yeah, true, and true. Yeah, Starbucks I was stuff, about you know? to say that because uh, I think this matcha trend is real. Mm. You know, just by living in Japan mm. and going to supermarkets or convenience, you know, you, you see like matches everywhere. Mm. You know, as, as you said, like it can be mochi or ice cream, chocolate, uh, bread, mm. cereal bar. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, various drinks, mm-hmm. right? I mean, green tea and matcha are not synonymous, mm-hmm. but uh, lots of green tea brands these days infuse some uh, matcha in them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and by that, uh, they are making their green tea brands more premium. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, yeah, usually the ones that have real matcha powders are priced a bit higher than, than the ones that don't have any uh, matcha powders. The thing is that it's not that matcha wasn't popular until recently. Mm. Uh, it's uh, always been popular, mm. but uh, now it's even more popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of growing, right? Yeah. Yeah, so before we get more deep into the story, I think maybe for the, for the listeners, and also one more time for myself, mm. <laughs> we should kind of clarify the differences, because you kind of just touched on it there. Yeah, yeah. Matcha and green tea are not the same thing, mm. but they're, they're actually quite closely linked, but yeah. there's a certain thing that makes them different, right? Mm. So a lot of this actually I only found out like last night as I was researching this story. But apparently all types of tea, so not just matcha, but all types of tea around the world, they all come from two varieties of one species of plant Mm. called a Camellia uh, sinensis, which I thought is kind of incredible with Mm. how many hundreds of types of tea there are. Mm. But what gives them all different flavors is just the way that it's processed. Mm. So that's kind of crazy in its own right. (laughs) Right. Um, As I mentioned in the main story, uh, sencha is the uh, leaf that's used for green tea. 
So that's like the main leaf. And apparently that accounts for around 60% of all tea leaves produced in Japan. Mm. Um, there's another type called bancha, mm. which is used, uh, it's like the second or third picking of the leaf. So in, in the tea world, it's called the first flush, mm. which is like the first harvest, right? Yeah. So um, sencha is the first uh, harvest or first flush. Bancha is the second or third. Mm. Apparently bancha is less caffeinated. Mm. Um, so the first, you know, the first flush is more strong, right? It's the mm. fresh one. And then ones after that. I think, I guess maybe it's like olives were like first pressing, second pressing mm. <laughs> kind of thing. Um there's a, and then there's a more premium type of leaf called a gyokuro. Ah, yeah, Which yeah. is, mm. apparently it's like the same kind of, it's originally the same kind of like sencha leaf. Mm. But the thing that's different about this is the way that it's grown is that it's grown in shade. Mm. So that they keep the harsh sunlight off. And apparently gyokuro uh, contains less tannin, mm. which basically means it's less bitter. Mm. So sometimes, yeah, you can tell when you drink a green tea and it, it tastes like, you know, I don't say cheap, but it's just a regular tea because it can be quite bitter, right? Mm. But expensive green teas tend to be smoother, a bit sweeter. Mm. Um, and then matcha is made from gyokuro leaves, mm. but it's ground down into powder. And mm. I think it, it also goes through some extra kind of processing in the, in the growing stage. Mm. So essentially they all come from the same product, mm. but... Processing at different stages turns them into different, you know, gives yeah. them a, a different characteristics. Yeah. I mean, processes and also the way they're grown, mm. right? Yeah, that's quite interesting. I wasn't fully aware. Like, I kind of knew the difference between sencha and bancha. Mm. But yeah, well, never knew how uh, gyokuro uh, it's been grown. Mm. And as a matter of fact, both gyokuro and matcha are, you know, a lot more expensive than the regular uh, green tea leaves. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I also found some interesting stats online mm. uh, about the, the tea consumption worldwide. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not just uh, green tea in specific, but, you know, ba- basically the the consumption of tea worldwide has been growing almost every single year mm. for the past decade. And last year, global consumption of tea amounted to about 6.3 billion uh, kilograms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's estimated to reach 7.4 billion kilograms by 2025. Wow, okay, yeah. And such high growth rate is higher than that of coffee beans. Mm, wow, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So while coffee is still bigger than tea worldwide, tea will probably surpass uh, you know, the consumption amount of coffee beans mm. in maybe less than 10 years. He's making a comeback, yeah. Mm. I mean, bo- both me and you, we're, we're from... Very tea, like tea drinking countries, right? True. Brit- oh, in British, well known for our tea drinking habits. And then you guys have like tea ceremonies. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. You know, you really, love, you really love that tea. Yeah. We respect the tea. Uh-huh. Proudly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting to hear. I guess um, one, one trend I've noticed is that in coffee shops, the tea menus have been getting bigger mm. over the years, right? So, you know, uh, yeah, take, take Starbucks true. as an obvious example. Um, it used to be that you could just order like an Earl Grey. And, you know, like a English tea and maybe like a rose hip or something, I don't know, like three mm, types. But now mm. there's like the tea menu is almost as big as the coffee menu, at least True. in Japan. Mm. I haven't been, I haven't been abroad in a while, but. Yeah. Um, like mint citrus, chamomile. Mm. Um, yeah. And there are several others. Yeah. Darjeeling and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I, I, I would say nowadays I drink both in, in equal amounts. It just mm. depends on the time of the day or how I'm feeling. But you, you don't drink coffee right now, so you pretty much just no. drink 
take. Yeah, I used to. And while I'm not really a big health nut, mm. you know, I, I do pay attention to, you know, some mm. of the, the health benefits. And yeah, these days I choose tea mm. over coffee in general. I mean, yeah, both yeah. black tea and green tea. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Actually, like I'd say I, I noticed you generally choose tea over water. <laughs> like if we're out like shooting, I'll grab a yeah. bottle of water. You, mm. just, you always drink tea. Yeah. But that, that kind of... um. It kind of says a lot about Japanese green tea because mm. a lot of the time when you bite in those bottles, the flavor is very subtle, right? Mm. And it's like 99% water, Mm-mm. but it has a lot of these good nutrition, like nutritional benefits. Yeah. Various like vitamins. Yeah. And um, there's a uh, polyphenol called uh, catechin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, which is believed to have some uh, anti-aging effect. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I mean, this is quite a famous story amongst, uh, at least amongst the Japanese people. But uh, it's believed to boost your fat burning. Oh, okay. Mm, so it's like, why not, right? Well, I mean, it's very rare you see a fat Japanese person, so I'll <laughs> believe that. <laughs> and also, this is not like quite considered a health benefit. But I prefer to drink green tea after lunch, mm. especially before, you know, uh, meeting with someone mm-hmm. because it basically refreshes my breath. Mm-hmm. And uh, green tea is also believed to kind of like kill germs in your mouth. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think just generally like the way that most Japanese food tastes, it just pairs very well with green tea. Mm. So when you get like, you know, when you go to somewhere like Matsuya or... I don't know, like any kind of like just easy like Teishoku kind of restaurant, right? You get like, a, they have like the water machine, but they just has like, they have a green tea machine, mm-hmm. right? Or like sometimes you go to those like Kaiten Zushi, like rotating Zushi mm. restaurants, and there's just like a green tea tap. They're literally a tap and the tea comes out. So yeah, yeah. That's quite good as well. Um, so yeah, I, could, I can totally understand that. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know some of the, the kind of the points you just made there. So it's quite interesting to learn, mm. learn about that. So uh, it seems like there's two, there's two kind of branches of tea. Like I already said, like there's the sencha uh, and the bancha. I guess they mm. kind of come from the same place. And then there's the uh, gyokuro. Mm. Um, so it seems like the, the more premium stuff, gyokuro, comes from uh, two places. Mm. Uh, one is Uji in mm. Kyoto. That's very famous. Yeah, yeah I didn't know about this actually, but it's <laughs> yeah. interesting to learn. Yeah, mm. and the other is Nishio in Aichi Prefecture. Oh, I wasn't aware of that one. Again, me neither. Um, but yeah, apparently those are the two biggest um, mm. producing um, areas. So according to some stats by the government, in 2012, uh, those two regions of Japan produced 80% of the gyokuro right. leaves. Mm. Um, but apparently that's reduced to 40% in 2020 hmm. because a lot of these other um, farms and you know plantations around the country are kind of changing gears and, and trying to produce more oh, premium content. Oh, interesting. But in, in, a, in a flip side, that's kind of made these people who were originally known for being premium, they're now trying to grow Sencha to kind of balance it out again and, oh, really? and like diversify. Yeah, Interesting. So an interesting story. Um, apparently the, the town of Nishio have uh, requested a deregistration of their ma- matcha made in Nishio label. Why? <laughs> uh, so it's kind of interesting, actually. So there's, a, there's something called uh, geographical conditions. Mm. which um, certain foods and, you know, produces can be given. So you might say like, um, you know, like these oranges are particular to this mountain because mm. of the particular soil and the climate and things. So, um, you know, in a in a very logical sense, Nishio tea can only be grown in Nishio mm. because 
the geographical conditions there are unique to that place. Right. But they now feel that because, because if they have that tea registered, they can only grow tea in the traditional way. But, but what they want to do is start using technology to start upping production and reducing costs. Hmm. So if they use like kind of high tech growing methods, then technically it's not tea made in Nishio anymore because it's not dependent on the geographical conditions. Hmm. So I guess legally, in order to sell this new kind of tea, I believe they want to, you know, keep the quality high, mm. but they want to basically ramp up production. So they kind of had to like deregister the label that kind of gave them the name in the first place. Oh, <laughs> so it was really, really interesting. Yeah, I see. Mm. And you know, while I'm not like you know very familiar with mm. this uh, industry, yeah, one thing I know is that um, the brand uh, Uji, you know, mm. uh, Uji in Kyoto, is super strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably even relative to this uh, Nishio brand. Mm. That's what I'm suspecting. Yeah. You know, when you hear Uji, you think of matcha. Mm. And when you hear the word matcha, you think of the word Uji. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, yeah they're almost like synonymous. Yeah. You know? that's, that's how strong the, the brand name Uji is. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, maybe uh, my, my educated guess is that uh, Nishio maybe thinking the downside is smaller mm. uh, compared to the potential upside that mm. they can get by, you know, deregistering mm. and, you know, start producing uh, some other stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, Sencha and Bancho, you said? Yeah, it seems that way. It seems like for them, it's the only viable way to stay competitive. Mm. Um, at the end of the story, I mentioned that, you know, growers in China are now producing the same plant. Um, while the quality may be inferior or maybe the, you know, the, the brand power has a lot of Pool, right? You know. Yeah, I I suppose um, in reality, I don't think the quality is too different, mm. but the brand, mm. right? The power of brand. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it seems, like I said, Uji and Nishio are renowned for Gyokuro, the, the, mm. the premium leaf and what is also turned into matcha. Um, but the other two prefectures that are famous for regular sencha, for regular green tea, mm. are Shizuoka, which is uh, where Matt Fuji is, you know, very, yeah, yeah. very close to Tokyo, and Kagoshima, which is in the got the southern part uh, on in Kyushu, in the mm. southern island of Japan. Um, but actually, my my wife, uh, her family comes from uh, a village in Kagoshima, a very mm. tiny village. I won't say the name of it because the name is actually her surname, <laughs> and everyone in the village has the same name. <laughs> um, but they actually have their own brand of tea and apparently it's quite famous again I'm, I'm not super into the world of tea um mm. but yeah i once went to visit uh, her grandma's house and she lives you know up in the kind of mountains of kagoshima and on the drive to her house it was amazing like it literally just drove to like 20 miles of green tea leaf, like fields wow they have these kind of like triangle like trellises mm. it's like a like a rack you know and, and the tea kind of grows over it and it kind of hangs and it's just like miles and miles and miles and it ju- it's just such a bright green color as well mm. it doesn't it almost felt like i wasn't in japan it felt like i was in some kind of like jungle kind of place it was <laughs> wow. kind of crazy yeah yeah because i don't know like the typical japanese countryside for me is like that kind of dark green like mountainous kind of mm. imagery right mm-hmm. but the, gr- the the shade of green was like like luminous, wow. <laughs> yeah. you know, with all these, these, uh, these t- tree, uh, these tea plants. Can't imagine. It was really, really cool. And it just, it just went on for miles. Um, but yeah, that, that brand of tea as well is quite famous, but that was a, that was a censure. And, mm. and I've got, I've got a few packets of it at home. It's very bitter, actually. It's a very bitter brand, but I quite like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it seems there's no stop to the 
rising popularity of matcha. Yeah, um, and after you know having this discussion, I feel like drinking even more tea, you know, <laughs> <Yeah> . and <laughs> matcha as well. I could do with a, uh, a cup of tea right now, yeah. Mm. Um, but maybe you guys at home, you can let us know uh, over on the Facebook group. Um, next time you're in the supermarket, maybe um, how many matcha products can you spot on the shelves? It's been a little while since I went to, back to the UK, but. I can remember even back then there were quite a few brands of green tea at least. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to know, uh, you know, where, where do you live and uh, what kind of matcha is available to you? Okay, so that wraps up the news for this week. Let's move on to the final segment of the show, Word of the Week. Okay, so this week I'll introduce you to a Japanese word that's been trending recently mm-hmm. and something like you see almost every day on like various news. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's a new word combining、uh, two Japanese words. Oh, okay. So I hope you can get it. Tricky. I need to know the two Japanese words first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the word of the week is oyagacha. Oyagacha. Oh, yeah, parent? Hmm. Gacha, like gacha, gacha, like gacha pong? You're right.、Uh, parent gacha. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's good that、uh, you've got the, you know,、uh, the meanings of both,、okay. both words, right? I guess the, the use of it、hmm. can be a bit tricky. Yeah. So, m- maybe the first hint is that、uh, when this word is used, it's rather negative than positive. Who would use this word? Would it be the parent or maybe children? That's a good question, too. Yeah. And I, I think it's fair to answer, right?、Um, so, as I mentioned, this is a new, like, trending word、mm-hmm. that's mainly used by young people these、oh, okay. days. Maybe teenagers.、Mm, so they're talking about their parents. Yeah, talking about their parents in a negative context. Right. Okay, the third <laughs> hint, right? Okay. Uh, you know, gacha gacha or, you know, gacha pon, gacha pon,、mm. right? Yeah, so like gacha pon, like a, like a capsule toy, right?、Mm. Um, so, like, my mind immediately jumps to like collecting something.、Mm. So, you know, the word gacha is also used for smartphone games these days. Oh, yeah, like a gacha game, yeah. Gacha game, yeah. yeah. And do, do you know how it works? Yeah, so like,、um, I'm trying to think of an example of one, like,、uh, I don't really play them.、Uh, like Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem Heroes,、hmm. the like, Nintendo game.、Hmm. And you, you know, it's like RPG, but you have to like get the heroes, but it's like a random like, box, basically.、Mm. Like, like a loot box, we say in English, when、mm. you, you get like a random character. And you hope that the stats are like high.、Mm. So, like, you know, five star character is the best. Yeah, but, so that's、um, the point. You, you、right. mentioned five star. Oh, okay. But does it mean there is also four star and three star? Oh, okay. So okay. it's like, oh, so、yeah. like、you're saying like,、mm. it's like you're kind of insulting the parent.、Mm. Oh, wow. That's, that's quite harsh. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Interesting. Um, the, the good or bad, right?、Uh, the way this Oya Gacha is used、mm. is that when those young kids or teenagers, When they feel somewhat handicapped by the, the situation、uh, set by their parents. Oh, wow. Okay. That's you know, a lot deeper than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. When they feel like they grew up in a poor environment.、Mm. Maybe an example could be、uh, they wanted to go to college,、mm. but、uh, they couldn't because、uh, their parents couldn't pay the tuition.、Mm. Yeah. It sounds quite serious, but、mm. um, that's. Maybe an example of the situation where they use the word,、uh, you know, it's 
It's Oya Gacha. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it can't can't help it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But another meaning of the word is that you can't choose your parents. Mm. Mm. I mean, that's 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 a fact, but it sounds harsh at the same time, right? In that context, it sounds just like a very logical statement. Just mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, gotcha. Mm. I feel like if you were to say that about your parents because you couldn't go to a college, I feel like that's a bit Harsh on your parents. <laughs> yeah, I say some adults are quite against the use of uh, use of this word, mm. even if you intended it as like a joke or like 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 heartedly. Mm. Most parents like really do their best, you know, to, to, I think to, so. to take yeah. care of their kids, right? Mm. So I could imagine it being quite hurtful if they heard their kid using that phrase, because mm. then the parent would be thinking, like, well, "What didn't I give you? What you know? What am I responsible for?" Mm. Yeah, I would say so. Like, what if your child, I mean, hypothetical child, I mean, imaginary child, you still don't have a child, but uh, in the future, tell you, you know, oh, you know, I I wish I got, you know, five star uh, parent, you know, five star dad. You'd have a big red handprint across his face. (laughs) (laughs) I got got hit by two star parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. you have two kids. How would you feel? It wouldn't be wouldn't be nice, right? No, I'll just kick them out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. But um, yeah, I hope uh, they won't use such a word. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, yeah, I mean, almost like every parent mm. is doing their best to uh, grow their child. Yeah, yeah. So, in my opinion, another bad thing about getting used to using this word is that you could be dooming your own future. Because, oh, just uh, if you really believe that your parents is like one star or two star, mm. you know, definitely not like four or five star. Yeah, those people who are used to using this word tend to think that their future is bound to uh, how good their parents are. Mm-hmm. And if you start thinking, oh, you know, my, my parents is one star. Mm. So maybe my my future or my career would also likely be about the same. Oh, okay. Then, so it might affect their like ambition in life. Yeah, and you always try to make excuses um, uh, on 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 that fact. Yeah, yeah. And maybe make less efforts to to change it. I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I would agree that there are some correlations between the way uh, you've grown up. I mean, uh, or the environment you've grown up. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the key factor of which mm. is your parents. But, uh, you know, that, that's, that's certainly not everything, right? Mm. And especially after you've reached a certain age, I don't know, like 16, 18 or, you know, 20, mm. depending on how you see it. Uh, you can definitely make changes by yourself, right? Yeah, it's an interesting word to to hear. Um, I've not I've not seen it myself, um, but I'm sure I'll spot it uh, next time I'm reading some random news article. Yeah, if you go to a Japanese like news portal, such as like Yahoo or mm. uh, whatever, yeah, you you see them almost every day, even oh, wow. now. Yeah, you just go to Yahoo and find like Oyagacha article. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's causing a huge debate. Well, yeah, thank you for sharing uh, kind of more of a negative word this week. But it's good <laughs> to, you know, it's good to learn the whole spectrum. Yeah. You know, we're generally joking around a lot of the time, but, you know, all languages have like serious topics and serious words. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And serious slang, right? Mm. So, And especially really this one's one. quite timely. So. Mm. Yeah, really cool to hear. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up for this week in Japan. 
Whatever platform you're listening to us on, please make sure you're subscribed for a brand new episode every single week. Yeah, and whatever platform you're listening on, it would be nice to hear your feedback. Yeah, so we appreciate if you could leave a comment, a uh, review, or you know, some some kind of like rating uh, on those platforms. Okay, everybody. So stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, for this week, I'm going to advise to refrain from uh, believing in or using the phrase "oh yeah, gotcha." <laughs> and we'll be back next week for the very next episode of this week in Japan. Mm-hmm.